Ethan Ost, and welcome to this episode of the Backlog Breakdown. I believe this is bite-sized. For those of you who did know this at one point, I did want to do an episode on Sanic 3 and Knuckles versus Sanic Mania, which I do intend to still do, um, but I did go through a huge, massive, several months long video game burnout. Uh, that was that was quite the experience. So uh, I've had my focus on other things, and finally getting back into it. Uh, SSX three is making me want to play video games again, which is which is nice because I do want to sell that as a lot and flip it. I I don't have a script for this episode, but I do have some outlines. So hopefully it's not as meandering as it could be. Um, they are kind of jumbled, so please bear with me. This is going to be nudity in art. And I just want to take a second to explain why I think I should talk about that topic in particular. So if you're new, if if you're not new to video games, you can or movies or anything screen related, you can probably take a pretty good guess at why this might be a wise idea to at some point talk about. There's um, something called the ESRB, which I forget what that stands for, and it's a ratings board. So it's essentially uh, what ratings are for movies, but for video games. And on the banks of those video games, the ESRB has this rating system. You have E for everyone, E for everyone, 10 plus, which is E10 and up. And then you have T for teen, M for M. And they used to, I don't know if they do this anymore. I think they do in some countries, but and I don't remember the last time there was a game that actually earned this. It was the AO rating, which was adult only. And on the back of most of those M-rated games, you are going to see nudity. Or something sexual, fantasy, violence, yada, 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 stuff, stuff, stuff like that. But I want to focus specifically on the nudity. And especially as it correlates to how we on this podcast and then TRG and the hashtag Backlog Book Club view video games as art. So we do think many of these video games are actually not just games. They are living, breathing, playable forms of art. Like Journey, Shadow of the Colossus, Abzu, freaking Okami. Okami is beautiful. It's got Wind Waker. Wind Waker was so beautiful it got a remake or remaster on the Wii U. So that's a testament to, yes, video games are or art. So when nudity comes along in video games and this form of art, how do we as video gamers, people who enjoy this medium, see this? And this has come up fairly infrequently in group. I don't remember the last time this was talked about, but it does get talked about. I think I had a few more uh, instances where this was, but um, in the video games sphere? Oh man, I sound great. 
uh, words, rate listening, excellent radio. Okay, so in some of those conversations, uh, I have seen some people consider and say nudity in video games is sinful. And I I'm, don't think that's entirely biblical. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But um, I, I understand that. I get it. Uh, we have this culture of Western culture. I, I just used the word twice. Excellent. It's so ingrained that nudity is so ingrained into it. It's, in a, it's practically inescapable. It's, it's made into be a, a sensual form of entertainment. It's, it's not art. That's not what it is. And uh, I will agree. There's a grain of truth to it when people do say nudity in video games is sinful. I, I get that. There is a grain of truth to that. Because when it is portrayed in video games, it mostly is in a sinful way. However, I do think there is a point where we can say that was used properly. And I want to take a minute to get into that. So I have a few things lying around me here, and I'm just going to read these. Uh, this might take a little bit. I might be more just moving my mouth than actually making coherent thought processes, but I'm going to try my best here. So just bear with me. So I have three things I want to talk about. What is holiness? What is art? And what is nudity? I want to kind of talk about all those three things and how they correlate to each other and how they can coalesce. So, for example, here I have uh, what is art? So, the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination typically in a visual form, such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. And Google has an example of the art of the Renaissance. And a lot of Renaissance paintings actually do use nudity. I, I can't think of a specific one, but if you go into the Renaissance paintings, I, I took art class for four years, you are going to see naked butts. Okay, so... Get that right out of the way. Um, works produced by human creative skill and imagination. Uh, creative activity resulting in the production of paintings, drawings, or sculpture. The various branches of creative activity, such as painting, music, literature, and dance. Subjects of study primarily concerned with the processes and products of human creativity in social life, such as languages, literature, and history as contrasted with scientific or technical subjects. Uh, Google lists this example underneath. Belief that the arts and sciences were incompatible, which I disagree with, but again, digressing. A skill at doing a specified thing, typically one acquired through practice. The art of conversation. Um, and I want to take this further. I'm going to take this further. So, Google saying imagination and creativity. Well, we as Christians can take this and say, oh, hey, God is an artist. He made, he created the universe. He created 
our existences, he created the existence of the universe. That's a masterpiece. And then in Genesis, Genesis 1, in the beginning, this is the NIV. Sorry, guys. As I know, some of you don't particularly care for this version, but this is Google, so just roll with it. Uh, My points will still stand. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. I'm just going to sum this up for a second here. So, and God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. And he called this good. God said, let water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. He called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. So this whole beginning chapter in the scripture is literally having God paint an existence. That's crazy. Just just think about that for a second. He's literally painting an existence. I, I like that image. And so God created, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along to the ground, move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image and the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and do it, rule over the fish and the scene, the birds in the sky, and over living creature that moves on the ground. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Okay? So we have art. That's art. So we can say, what is art in video games? Art in video games, from a Christian's perspective, is capturing, or at least attempting to capture a portion uh, you know what I'm actually going to steal token from this for this token says we have a little bit of the maker the creator in us because we were made in the image of him when we write that's what I want to see and that's what when we see art in video games when we see beauty we like it that's one of the reasons why Token is such a master, such a master at writing. He understood what he was trying to capture, the, the essence he was trying to capture. He understood what he was trying to capture. I'm, I'm going to go further with this. Uh, the essence of beauty that he's trying to capture is that holiness. That's why... That's what I think he was trying to capture, is the inherent, holy, intrinsic beauty of art. Because, again, 
God made, he painted existence. Now, I, I get it. That's it's essentially a piss poor description because there's no canvas. God didn't have a canvas. He was the only thing in existence. And even then, existence and pre-existence, and those are all time language words. He's a being outside of time, so bear with me. So when we see true beauty, and we can say that's very good, like flower, that, that game is very good because it captures beauty, beauty of nature. That's very good. We can see that. So I want to take this a little bit further. So I'm going to say, so I want to ask, what is holiness? And I get a few places for this. So uh, there's an there's a link with um, called the Doctrine of Holiness by Paul Tripp Ministries, and it's a fairly good article. Um, and in it he says, "If you are a Christian and at all biblically literate, you will know that the Bible, without equivocation, claims that God is holy." And I'm going to tie this back into Genesis real quick. God is a holy being, and he said, I'm going to make Adam and Eve in our image, in our likeness, referring to the Trinity and stuff like that. But uh, So he made the entire existence of the universe in its original state, holy, perfect. And the prophet Isaiah, at the moment of his calling, received a... Of a vision of the Lord sitting on his throne with a seraphim on either side and one seraph called to the other seraph and said holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory okay and then I'm going to take a step back from this and say and go back to Google Google net Google defines this as the state of being holy, a life of holiness and total devotion to God. Okay? And a devotion and capturing, trying to capture the essence of the beauty that God, the existence that God had made in its original state, I think can be argued that it, that is a dedication to holiness. Okay? So, and then I'm going to go even further into Isaiah. And so I have the Isaiah 6 pulled up here. Um, and this is when the vision starts. And Isaiah is in this vision. So, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Okay, take a minute, take, take a minute for that. The whole earth is full of his glory. The earth was cursed. Take a second there. If the earth is cursed, how is it filled with his glory? 
How is it filled with his glory if the earth is cursed? Because he made it. He rules over it. That's my take on that. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Alright, so that's a picture. That right there is the shadow type of Christ's work on the cross. Uh, right there. Um, but holiness and art aren't intrinsically separate. They aren't. Okay, so n that means we have to talk about the fun part. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, there is a fair warning for this part. Um, I did Google this. I don't recommend this, because... Um, yeah, Google goes into the realm of objectifying the female body right away. Yeah, it's just pictures of swimsuits focusing on the rear end. Uh, Google. This is the problem. This is this is the why nudity in art is seen as inherently sinful. This is part of the reason, I think. Because it's so ingrained into our culture that nudity is only to be seen as sexual. It's so ingrained when it's not the case. Shameful, yes. Probably. De probably, definitely. Sinful, no. I don't think so. And I'll get to that in a second. So, uh, what is nudity? So, again, I, I said, don't Google this. <laughs> Google defines this as the state or fact of being naked. I think, I think that is an okay description, okay? Um... I have some notes here, and it asks, what is the human body? Okay, so the human body is an art piece made by God. Okay, in its original state, in its original perfect state, both the male and the female body were made by God naked. Okay? And if you're getting annoyed by the OKs, that's okay. I don't mind. Uh, I'm just trying to think at the same time as I talk, and it's a little tricky. But um, when but, uh, it was only after the, that Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree that, that they realized that they were naked and they were ashamed of the fact that they were new, they were naked. Okay, um, that implies that a state of constant nudity might be sinful, 
and I would argue that it probably is, but I would also argue that a state of intrinsic, that a state of nudity isn't intrinsically sinful in and of itself. Otherwise, taking marital acts, like <coughs> making babies, <coughs> would be inherently intrinsically sinful. And if nudity in and of itself was sinful, then why did God make us naked in the first place? And if nakedness was sinful in and of itself, then I have a few things. Ignore that noise. That's just my laptop treasure being silly. Um, this is taken from the Little Kittle, and it's a New Testament Greek theological dictionary. Uh, I do have a bit of an interest in some of the Greek, because my uh, uncle is a pastor in the URCNA. Um, that's a part of the Nate Park, if you guys don't know. Um, for any of the listeners who don't know. Um, and one of the words, a few of these words is gymnos and gymnotes. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, so uh, forgive me. And then gymnazo, to, and these mean naked, nakedness, and to exercise naked. And then gymnos is naked in the literal sense of A, unclothed, B, badly clothed, C, stripped by force, or D, without an upper garment, partly clothed. Naked in the figurative sense of, a, of an unconcealed manifest without bodily form, Paul contrasts the bare seed with the future plant or flower in it an illustration of the transition from the present body to the resurrection body. It should be noted that what is planted is not the naked soul, but the present body, which uh, also bears our individuality, so that the bare seed does not simply represent a non-bodily soul, but that which has not yet received its future form. Rare in secular Greek, Jim notes, this term means nakedness, poverty, as in Romans 8.35, 11.27, and is used figuratively in... Revelation 3.18. Gymnizo, this, this one you're probably rec probably familiar with. The literal sense is to exercise naked. It is used only figuratively in the New Testament. Example for concentration on godliness. As distinct from dualistic asceticism. In 1 Timothy 4.7, for training in discernment. And in righteousness, for training in greed. Perhaps sar sarcastically. In 2 Peter 2.14. Um... You probably remember the verse in the New Testament where Paul uh, uh, uses the analogy of an athlete prepping for the Olympics as an excellent example of, of uh, what dedication to godly living and holy living look like. Um, I gotta rush this a little bit because I'm running out of time. So, um, in Isaiah, we have, and this is the Old Testament, this is where it gets really interesting. In Isaiah 20, God commands Isaiah to preach and prophesy for three years unclothed. Okay? Think about that for a sec. I'm going to read this. In the year that the commander-in-chief who was sent by Sargon, the king of Assyria, came to Ashdod and fought against it and captured it, at that time the Lord spoke by Isaiah, the son of Amoz, saying, Go, 
and loose the sackcloth from your waist, and take off your sandals from your feet. And he did so, walking naked and barefoot. Okay, so you might be thinking, that text didn't say three years. Wait just a second. Verse 3. Then the Lord said, As my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years as a sign and a portent against Egypt and Cush, so shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptian captives and the Cushite exiles, both the young and the old, naked and barefoot, with buttocks uncovered, the nakedness of Egypt. Okay, so... I got to do this quickly because I'm running out of time here. God does not command his people to sin. Okay? I will not fight. I will fight anybody on that. God does not command his people to sin. God commanded Isaiah to preach for three years with his loincloth off. That's not sin. That is shameful for Isaiah. We can, I don't have time to go into why God would command Isaiah to do such a shameful act. But we can tell from this chapter alone that nudity in and of itself is not inherently, intrinsically sinful. Okay, so I need to tie this back into nudity in art, specifically as it ties to video games. So is there a point in video games where we can say that there, yeah, there is nudity in this, and then say, yeah, it's still art, because that nudity that it's employing isn't inherently sinful. Now, I'm going to make this very, very, very clear again. Most of today's culture, most of the nudity in today's culture will be sinful. We are bogged down with pornography and uh, weird, easy, breezy cover girl commercials that are all women in scantily clothes. And I'm like, geez, guys, I don't watch TV that much, but <laughs> whenever I turn it on, I'm like, I want to turn it off. Uh, that's why I generally just watch anime, because I don't like the real life TV. Yeah. But I digress. So when we see nudity in video games, I, I think there's a case where we can say, I think there's a case where we can say, yeah, this might still be art. And uh, I think with that, and my timer just went off, so that it is 30 minutes. Otherwise, uh, this bite-sized won't be a bite-sized anymore. Um, I'm just going to throw, I think, a few video games that I can think of that might employ nudity in a way that isn't intrinsically sinful. Um, there's like less than a second scene in uh, Assassin's Creed 2 on one of the unlockables. Um, it's one of the puzzles and it's, you have to remember the Assassin's Creed series, the original, like, I don't know, what, the original four games that doesn't even include Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. I know, right? Uh, naming conventions where um, one of the puzzles and includes a video and it's literally just Adam and Eve naked 
running away from something. We don't know what it is yet because it's only the second game in the show, in the series. So I mean, eh. um, another re- way, uh, another example of piss poor uses of this is um, Stargate SG One. Um, in the first pilot episode, it's awful. I do not recommend. Uh, if you're going to watch that show, you can just watch the movie and s- skip the first episode. Um, terrible, terrible use of nudity. Um, there's, there's no beauty. There's no holiness. There's, uh, yeah. So I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of. Well, I get the discussion going. I guess. Um, I mean, just because my uncle's a pastor doesn't mean I have authority. So, I mean, come at me. No, like seriously, please do. I, I, I would like to talk about this topic. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's an important one, especially when we view video games as art and we view Renaissance paintings as art, and they both utilize a lot of naked buttocks, as Isaiah twenty points out. <laughs> it's the language in Isaiah twenty uses. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh, a bit more of a serious topic, I think, than what I was originally intending to do. But I, I think it's a good one. I think it's a healthy discussion. Um, all right, my name is Jacob Van Ost. Um, if you want to find me, you can find me in TRG in the hashtag Backlog Book Club. So look for me there. Yeah, so. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.